When I was a kid, I uh, loved model trains, and uh, I'm not talking about Thomas the Tank Engine uh, or any of that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm talking about model trains that you put on a, a track with electricity going to it and steam coming out of the locomotive and uh, all that stuff. And my, my brothers and I and my dad, we would, we would make these tracks and, and set it up and tear it down and all that stuff. Finally, my dad, I think, got tired of us setting it up and tearing it down, so he went out and got four by eight sheets of plywood, and uh, we set up uh, this, this piece of plywood, maybe two or three, I can't remember how much, but, but we set it up and then we, we got like the model trees and we had like tunnels and we made like paper mache mountains and I mean all this stuff that like took forever it felt like, but it was, it was amazing to put it together and then, and then run the track and, uh, and we just had a great time to, together doing that. I know the reason that my dad did that was not necessarily because he liked trains, but we, he wanted to connect with us as, as his kids. And so he made a bridge that would connect us to him and in relationship. And we would spend time together in that. And it, it was well worth it. I, I still, like I said, remember it to this day and, and remember those times together. And it was something that, that connected us to, to our dad. What I fear, though, and what I know, honestly about our world in which we live is that many, most, if we, if we think about most people around us, most people that we're in contact with, most people that, that we have a relationship with, most of them are disconnected from their Heavenly Father. They, they, they don't even know God. They wouldn't recognize God moving or God working. They, they wouldn't, they, they're not even sure where to even look. And, and to be honest, they don't even realize that the thing that they're searching for, the one that they're searching for, the hope and peace and strength and joy that they're wanting in their life can only come from God. They don't even realize that that's what their soul desperately needs. And yet... They're making decisions that are trying to fill their soul, trying to fill their life with that hope, with that peace, with that joy, and that strength, and all the more that God can offer. But they're, they're looking for it in, in really all the wrong places. And so God sent his son. God sent his son to be a bridge to us so that we can have connection with him, so that we can be in relationship with him. Romans 6.23, it says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I believe it was the, the navigators, they made this verse into an illustration that they call the bridge illustration, and, and it's going to come up here on the screen, and I, I would encourage you to write this down, because if you're going, you know, I I, I'm not really sure how to share my faith, or I'm not really sure what to say when it comes to people asking me about Jesus. Here is a great illustration that you can do right on a napkin. And I, honestly, I've done this many times sitting in a, in a restaurant or a coffee place and just sitting down talking to somebody about their faith. And, and on it, on the one side is man's problem. And uh, what is man's problem? Man's problem is sin. Man's problem is, is that sin has a wage, and that wage is death. And every single one of us has 
it has sin in our life. We're all sinners, the Bible says, for all have sinned. All come short of the glory of God. All of us have had or have this problem, and sin separates us from God. And so on the other side, you can draw, uh, again, a, a little mountainside or a little cliff, whatever you want to do there, and put God and write God's solution. What is God's solution? According to this verse, it's a gift that God gives of eternal life. And so it, it is a gift that God gives. His solution is a gift. It's of God. It's from God. And it is eternal life. And then, and then what you can do is in this illustration, you can ask the person, hey, where, where do you see yourself in this? Where do you see yourself in this? If, you're, if you were to be honest with, with yourself and, and with me, where do you see yourself in, in this diagram? And I've had people point at man's side, and I've had people point at God's side, and I've had people point at, up, you know, at the, at the top, and they're somewhere in between. I've had people, I've had even people be as honest as, I'm down there, and I'm, whoa, okay, seriously, uh, and, and so uh, it, that's a way that you can share your faith, and then you can say, hey, here's the question I want to ask you is, is, is there any way that you can get from man's side to God's side? On your own. Like, what, how do you think you can get from man's side to God's side? And oftentimes people will say, well, I'm a good person. I've done good things. Uh, I've gone to church. I've read my Bible. I've, I pray. I do all of these things. Those are good things. Uh, I, I've even had people say that, well, I, I believe my, my good works will outweigh my bad. To which I always ask the question, so you've been keeping track? I mean, it's a legit question, you know. So you've been keeping track of your good works and your bad works. Well, no. So then how do you know your good works outweigh your bad? I've had people say, well, I, I was born into a Christian family, so that is what. See, here's the thing, though. None of those things bridge that gap. None of those things bridge that gap. If you want to take it out to a further illustration of that, go out to the road and ask the person to get a running start and jump across the road. And if they make it, awesome. If they don't, you, you've fallen short. And the reality is, is nobody's going to jump a two-lane road without help. Without help. And, and so I always make sure to to preface this by telling people, make sure that there's no traffic when you're doing that, okay? So if somebody's like taking it literally and they're gonna jump, don't, don't, yeah, make sure you're watching for cars, okay? Um, Safety is important. Uh, rather not them go meet somebody, uh, you know, their maker. Um, so anyway, think about that and then realize what, is, what does God say in Romans 6.23? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Notice what it says, through whom? Jesus Christ our Lord. No other way. Jesus even said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through baptism. Is that what he said? No. Through the church? No. Through good works? No. Through me. Jesus said, through me. So it's through Christ. Christ is the bridge between us and God. And God sent his son to be that bridge, to be that peacemaker, to be that prince of peace that would come 
into this world to bring peace, real peace, true peace, eternal peace that only he can offer us. And God made a way for us to be in relationship with him. But the story doesn't end there, does it? Turn to Romans chapter 10 or open to Romans chapter 10. Whether it's your digital Bible or your paper Bible, open to Romans chapter 10. Again, we're in this passage, and, and what's awesome is, is that there is a confirmation again of, of the fact of it's Jesus. Jesus is the bridge. Jesus is the connection between us and God. So in Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 9, Paul writes this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the, one, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For Scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. And what an incredible verse, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Again, a confirmation. Jesus is the only way. Calling on his name, calling on him. I mean, everyone who calls on his name will be saved. So again, we cannot forget that. The, the, the hope that we have, the peace that we have, the eternal life that we have is, is not through us. It is through Christ Jesus our Lord. But how awesome is it that God lets us be part of that process? How awesome is it that God lets us be a part of telling others the good news of Jesus and, help, and allows us to be part of building bridges to people? And building bridges of peace, building bridges of connection to God. And you and I get to be, as peacemakers, we get to be individuals who God uses to build a bridge to someone else. And, and the beauty of that is, is, is seen in verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching now don't get lost in that word preaching because too often what we want to do is 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 just go i'm going to invite somebody to church and i'm going to let them i'm going to let somebody else tell my friend or my loved one or whoever about jesus that word preaching means to herald to tell it means to proclaim to share and the onus of this is not just on those who would be pastors or teachers or missionaries, it is on every single one of us. How will they hear without someone telling them? And how are they to tell them unless they are sent? And here's the beauty of, of all of that is that Jesus, right before he ascended into heaven, sent every single one of us as followers of Christ, as disciples of Christ, to go and make disciples. Mark 16, 15, he, he tells them, go and preach the gospel to all creation. Go into all the world. 
every single one who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, and you are to go. You're to go. You're to share the good news of Jesus. And the question that we need to ask ourselves is, am I? Am I telling others the good news of Jesus? You know the answer to that. This past week, this past month, this past holiday season, did you tell anyone the good news of Jesus? Now, I'm not saying you, 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 I'm not saying you had to lay out every single detail. I'm not saying you had to, you had to give a, a full-on gospel presentation or that you had to be a, like a track and, you know, I'm an open track. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just asking, did you tell anybody about Jesus in the last week, in the last two weeks, the last month? N- notice I did not ask you did you invite someone to come to church so that someone else can tell them? Or did you invite someone to a church event so that someone else can tell them? Or did you invite them to your life group so that someone else can tell them? L- listen, those aren't bad things, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But if that is the extent of what you're doing in sharing the good news, my friend, you need to understand your soul is missing out on something incredible. Your soul is missing out on something incredible. Remember last week, we, we talked about this last week and, and just going over the, the year's sermons. And uh, by the way, I had somebody at the end of it, uh, they came up to me and they're like, so I only need to come once a year and I can hear all your sermons and then that's it. I'm like, bro, don't, don't be telling people that. Um, so I'm, I'm telling you all that so you can't, don't have an excuse. Um, you can't you can not use that with me. Um, but last week we went over all these different ones, and one of the ones that we talked about was, again, how's your soul? And we talked about the fact that God feeds the hungry soul good things. You remember the motions, and we did those? Well, we're going to do those again because you need waking up. So good thing number one was redemption. We're made right with God. Hands up. Hands up the air like you're praising, you're waving around like you just don't care. That's cool. Uh, good thing number two is rest. In the first service, we had some people. Yeah, thank you. All right. First, 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 again, you guys did too. Good thing number two is rest, intentional break to focus on the goodness of God. Ah, taking a nap, going to sleep. God gives his beloved sleep. The Bible says that. Good thing number three, restraint. Noticing, yes to him. And again, no, no, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Some of y'all are getting into it. Good job. Good thing number four, relationship. He gives us people who give us life. Motion is to give someone a hug or a high five or a fist bump. So go on, do it. If you need to, you're right there. Give yourself a hug. Squeeze a little tight. If you need to move, move. Good thing number five is responsibility. A good work that causes us to worship him and to serve others. And again, that motion was shoveling. Shoveling. So stand up. Y'all are just getting comfortable. Oh, boo. Hey, note to all y'all to do speaking, don't eat yogurt right before you do it. 
Just saying. I, my, mm, anyway, don't do it. Bad thing. I keep licking my lips. Uh, here we go. Good thing number one, redemption. Arms up. Good thing number two, rest. Good thing number three, restraint. Oh, no, not today, Satan. Good thing number four, relationship. Give somebody a hug, high five, fist bump. Good thing number five, responsibility. Do that motion. So, I don't know what. <laughs> Sit down. Good job. Here, here's the thing. Why, do I have, why am I having you do that? Because, because here's the deal. At the center of every one of those good things is Jesus. At the center of every one of those good things that God gives to your soul is Jesus. And if you're not telling others the good news of Jesus, then my friend, you're missing out on the good things that God wants to give to your soul. When you share your faith, when you tell others the good news of Jesus, there is something that wells up inside of you, and guess what it is? It's the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God wells up inside of you, and it causes you to get excited. It causes you to be on fire. It causes you to see your relationship become real with God because he's moving in you and through you as you speak words to people. And here's the thing. We, we get so so uh, hung up on what do I need to say? I, I don't think you need to get hung up on that. I think what you need to get hung up on is a relationship with Jesus because here's the deal. You and I talk easily about the things that we are most familiar with. I mean, let's take sports, for example. Those of you that are into sports, I see my friend back here. He's wearing Minnesota Vikings. That's cool. Bless you. I'm not going to root for you. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm a Lions fan, so what am I going to talk? I'm going to talk about the Lions. Are they having a good year? Yes, so far, but we'll see what happens. I know about them, so I talk about them. Y'all, some of you talk about books, movies, TV shows, songs. You talk about friendships that you have. Why do you talk so easily about those things? Because there's familiarity to those things, and you talk easily about them. If you're going, I don't know what to say about Jesus, maybe you need to ask yourself, am I familiar with Jesus so much so that he just comes out of my mouth? There, there's a man that, and his family is here, 95 years of age, and, and this man, whenever he is with anybody, and, and oftentimes he's going to doctors because, you know, 95 years of age, the doctors sometimes is a place that you go often. And, uh, and so 95 years of age, he's going to the doctor, he's seeing nurses, he's always talking about Jesus to them. Why? Because he's so familiar with Jesus. He loves Jesus. And it just oozes out of his life in the life of others. So, so if somebody who's 95 years of age can do that and still build bridges at 95 years of age, you're not too old yet. And, and some of y'all, here's the thing too, I know seven-year-olds, seven eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, five-year-olds that talk about Jesus like he's their best friend, and they are going out and telling everybody about Jesus. So, so don't give me this, I don't know what to talk about, or I'm too old, or I'm too young. Those are all just excuses to not do what you have been told to do. 
And when you don't tell about Jesus, you are missing out on the blessing of God in your life. How do I know that? Go back to Romans chapter 10, verse 15. How are they to share, how are they to preach unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach, who share the good news. How blessed is another word that you can put in there for beautiful. We talked about blessing and what it means to be blessed back when we went through the Beatitudes. It's an inner joy, an inner peace, an inner excitement that comes from what? From your relationship with God through the Holy Spirit in your life. Are you telling people the good news of Jesus? Are you telling them about your relationship with him? Are you telling them about how you met him, about what he's done in your life, about the change that he's brought into your life? Are you telling them about the good news of Jesus? We don't need to worry so much about the words. Because here's the deal. I've had people tell me that they, they shared multiple times with a friend, and then that friend finally put their faith and trust in Christ. They shared the exact same thing every single time. And when asked why it took so long for them, they said, because I only heard bits of what you were saying. It's like, it's like, it's like something just shut off, and I just focused on that one thing that you talked about, and then, I, and then the next week I focused a little more on the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and then God brought it all together in my life, and a light bulb went off, and I put my faith and trust in Christ. See, here's the deal. God's in charge. God's sovereign. God is over all. He knows exactly what a person needs to hear or not hear, and he can shut their ears or open their ears. He can cause them to think about or not think about. God is in control, not you. You're not the one that saves anybody. You're not the one that even has the power to do so. Only God does. What's he call you to do? He just calls you to share. Just share. Just talk about Jesus with your friends, with your loved ones, with your your neighbors, with your enemies even. Just tell them about Jesus. It's not enough just to do something good for somebody. If we do good works and we don't tell them about Jesus, we've done them wrong. That's that's not going to help if we just make them comfortable in this life without them knowing that they have an eternal life that's secure in Christ. What have we done? We've just made them comfortable in this life. And that's not what God's called us to do. God has called us to tell people the good news of Jesus. So are you doing that? Are you telling them about Jesus? Jesus. You want to be a bridge builder? You want to be a peacemaker? You want to be someone who follows after Jesus? Then, my friend, the way that you do that is by telling them about Jesus. And if you're afraid about how they're going to react, don't be. You have no control over that. You have no control over that. All you need to do is tell them about Jesus. Let Jesus take care of it. And the beauty of God is, is that he will. He will take care of whatever it is that you're worried about, concerned about, thinking about, Satan's using to try to get you to stop, not share, whatever. You need to put that aside and say, God, use me as a bridge builder. Use me as a peacemaker. Use me as a person who speaks 
about Jesus. So you ask God to speak to your heart. question I'm following up with is this. What am I going to do about it? God is, is, is laying on your heart. Maybe there's names of people. Some, I had some people after first service come to me and say, you know, there's a name. This person's on my heart. God laid this person on my heart. This person's on my heart. If God's laying on your heart names of people right now, what are you going to do about it? Maybe he's laying on your heart ideas about ministry, ways that you can build a bridge into the community or into your family or into your neighbors or, or whatever, or into your workplace. What is he telling you? And what are you going to do about it? Because the Bible is clear. We're, we're not supposed to just listen to what the word says. We're supposed to do it. We're supposed to do it. And what happens when we do it is that God breathes life into our soul. And there is nothing like that in this world. Are you telling others the good news of Jesus. Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Listen, maybe you're here today. Can can I just tell you, the first step of what you need to do is you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus. Without Jesus, you're lost. Without Jesus, you have no hope, no peace, no joy. Not real, not lasting, not eternal. But if you're here today and you, you don't know Jesus, listen, right where you're at, you can put your faith and trust in Jesus. It doesn't, not a magic set of words. You can just talk to him, ask him to forgive you your sin. You can ask him to begin a relationship with you. Maybe you're here today and you know Jesus, but you haven't been sharing your faith. You haven't been telling people about Jesus. And you're realizing, oh, man, I need to do that. I need to be faithful to doing that. And you, you're thinking, man, that's, that's what I need to do. Well, what are you going to do about it? Maybe you're here today and you're going, you know, the reason I don't talk about Jesus much is because I'm really not all that familiar with Jesus and I, I just know I need to spend more time with him. Awesome. What are you going to do about it? So in just a little bit, the, the worship team is going to teach us a new song, maybe a theme song for the month and you're just going to be sitting there, and there's going to be people up here at the front, and there's people at the back, some of our staff and, and deacons and, and some ministry team leaders. And why are they here? They're just here to pray with you. So if you've got something you want to pray about and you want to come forward and, and or to the back of the room and, and ask somebody to pray, that's why they're there. And we're going to be standing during the time, so, yeah, you're going to have to get up and, and walk to where we're at. But... Um, or maybe you're just feeling a nudge from the Holy Spirit to pray for somebody next to you. I'd encourage you to be obedient to that. Or maybe you're feeling a nudge to ask somebody next to you to pray for you. That's okay too. Do it. We just want to take this time to to really focus on God, focus on what we're going to do about it. And if you need somebody to pray with, that's what we're here for. God, you're good. Thanks for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. God, thank you that you love us so much. We can never, I don't know that we'll ever fully, at least not here on earth, understand that love completely. But God, thank you that you love us. No matter what, 
no matter what we do, no matter what we don't do, you still love us fully and completely. God, thank you. Thanks for demonstrating that through your son. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.